0: Now back to your tech report. We are back in your tech report. Thank you guys for being with us each and every single week. If you want to connect online, of course, it is at your tech report on all our social media. Fun long weekend ahead of us with Thanksgiving here in Canada, not in the States. Sorry, guys, you're going to have to wait. Um, but October is exciting, not only because there's a lot of cool tech events going on, but October is ergo month. So when we talk about ergonomics, we love talking to our friends over at Kensington. So I'd love to welcome my next guest, a recurring guest. This is probably, what, your your fourth time on the show, Lisa? I think so. Lisa Skeidemore-Schuler. How are you? Thank you so much for joining me on this long weekend, taking the time away from the pool and everything else that's not work.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Mark. Appreciate the time.
0: Lisa, it feels like the world is getting back to normal, whether that's a true statement or not. Um, people are back in work, in offices. Work from home is still going on in some places. The kids are back in school. I don't see masks as much as I would normally, um, you know. So when we talk about Ergo Month, uh, you know, in our in our past conversations, we've talked about the Home Office and the hybrid. What is top of mind? What are people talking about? What's the buzz in Ergo Ergo space and Ergo Month for you?
1: Sure, yeah. So Ergo Month has been um, a longstanding tradition in the Ergo world. That basically it stems from um, an ergonomic association basically claiming October is ergo month. And the reality is, is that a lot of people don't know what ergonomics is. So even today, even post pandemic, getting back to normal, um, people are still talking about ergonomics from a comfort perspective, they start thinking about ergonomics when you are thinking about, I'm getting older, my back hurts, my wrist hurts, those types of things, as they're working longer hours, as they're getting burnout at their job. So We take the month of October as an important time to really raise awareness about ergonomics and really think about why your wrist might be hurting. What can we do to prevent that? What can we do to help those long hours at the office or traveling with your work stuff? What can we do to really combat that not nice feeling with that buzzword of ergonomics?
0: I want to play a little a game here with you, okay? To try and and break this down and help people kind of understand not only the importance of ergonomics but also kind of uh, explain what it is. And you know, ChatGPT is the big the big thing these days. People are talking about AI, so let's pretend for a second, okay? And we'll compare the compare and contrast, okay? Sure. Let's pretend for a second that Lisa, you are ergonomics ChatGPT, and I'm going to ask you to explain ergonomics in a way a five year old would understand.
1: Sure. Yeah, I love being (laughs) ChatGPT. So, Mark, today we're going to learn about comfort in your office. When you are uncomfortable in your office or at your desk, you want to try to figure out a way to make it feel better. There are certain postures or the way that you stand or sit or certain equipment that you can add into your desk or office to incorporate something called ergonomics.
0: I love that. That was I, honestly, I could probably pose the same question to chat GPT, but I like your answer better. So we're going to we're going to stick with that. Um, I, I got to ask you, in, in your journey uh, through the ergonomic space, are there any moments where you categorically know that you turned a skeptic into a believer? And
1: how did that happen? yeah i think that is why i love ergonomics so much that i feel like people keep coming back for more they are very skeptical of why is this mouse going to help me why is this back support going to help me but when they change their habit to incorporate that new piece of equipment they see what a difference that makes in the amount of fatigue that their body has at the end of the day they usually come back and go what else can you get me what else can we do and so it's it's almost every single case where you give someone one piece of equipment they always come back for a second third or are looking for ways to amplify their workspace um, in every possible way after they've seen that one little nugget of comfort
0: what would that like, what would that first nugget that you give to someone that you know categorically i'm going to give this to this person and they they are going to not believe me in the second you know they use it for a day they're going to be like okay i need more what is that first nugget that you give them
1: so the biggest, easiest transition is a vertical mouse from a regular mouse. So just changing that posture of your wrist to that vertical orientation, not having it rest on the desktop is key for people that have been always mousing in that horizontal versus vertical orientation.
0: I can absolutely attest to that, by the way, because when you guys sent me an Ergo, uh, the vertical mouse, it completely changed the fatigue on my arm and my wrist, I felt it instantaneously. And I'm, I'm not, I, I could show you my desk and I could show you mine here, but I, I, I can't hold the camera for that. But um, so, so that's nugget number one. So where do you go from there? How do you, so you've now convinced them, we've now relaxed our wrist. Where, where do you move on to next?
1: Yep. So I would say the next thing I would move to is the common trend we're seeing of people working from home or a different atmosphere that they don't have an external monitor. So they're working off just their laptop. And so once you give them a riser to see that you're working eye level, then they're like having this aha moment of, oh, my gosh, I'm not bending over to look at my laptop all day. I'm actually able to sit up, look straight out at it. The caveat to that is you have to use an external keyboard too it's otherwise it's trading risk for risk Um, risk for risk at that point Um, because your angles of your wrist would be too steep at that point so you do kind of have this combo pack so first nugget was that vertical mouse we got you sold on that now you move to the riser being nice and eye level so top of the screen like you would have an external monitor but you do have to utilize the external keyboard with it as well to keep your wrist nice and close to you and you're not angling upwards on that riser to type.
0: So what's the perfect the perfect eye level? So I'm looking straight. Should I be looking at the center of the external monitor, the top, the bottom? What what's the perfect height?
1: Yeah, so basically Ideally, the top of your monitor should be, and I see you're going to be starting to look up at that one, um, but the top of your monitor should be eye level. It gets a little trickier when we have these massive size monitors, so it should be the top three quarters. um, How
0: did you know that I'm looking? How did you know that I got a 49-inch widescreen (laughs) monitor in front of me? I feel
1: it with you, Mark, that you are definitely looking upwards when I'm talking about this.
0: I don't know what you're talking but you know what I'm, I'm sitting I'm sitting here comfortably at my desk and I, I don't have a riser I've got like a, a really cool kind of stand and an arm and things going on. But my eyes are probably about an inch lower than the top of the monitor and I find myself. This is at least for me it's kind of my comfort point because uh, I'm for the most part I position my windows in that area so I'm, I'm looking straight I'm not looking down. I'm not looking up is that the goal is it the goal to keep the, the posture straight and just kind of looking straight.
1: Correct. Yeah. And so with those monster monitors like that, a lot of times you're using that as kind of your whiteboard that you're kind of positioning things all over and you're not typically putting it all the way to the top. I also use a large screen, pull things, organize them the way I want to. So it's the top of where those windows would typically be on your screen itself.
0: So I'm doing things right. I'm glad this is this is a good yes. exercise. For yes. my, so here's a question for you because I know a lot of people in the creative space they love throwing in that extra monitor in that is in the other is in a vertical uh, position and they use it for reading documents or a lot of people use it for coding. Honestly, they'll have like a coding monitor. Is that a good practice? Is that bad practice? Because I find that when people do that, it's normally off to the side. It's almost kind of like having a laptop window open, but sometimes they're positioned nicely. Is is there a good or bad? way to think about that kind of style?
1: Yep, so you always will want to have a primary monitor in front of you. What you do with that second, third, fourth, the sixth we're seeing now um, (laughs) is really up to you, but really you need that primary. And then the other ones are positioned to the side, and I say you're using them today um, as technology advances, as electronic document holders. So in the past, you would have been reviewing documents to the left or the right, or even down below you, and so you're still wanting to look at that primary screen where the majority of your information lies, but when you're referencing or looking at something, still should be eye level and still should be looking straight outwards, but you're going to have your neck in a neutral position at least a percentage of the day with your primary screen in front of you. The worst thing you can do is to try to split two screens directly in front of you so you're looking at a seam of two monitors all day because you're never going to have your monitor in neutral.
0: That's exactly why I switched to the larger monitor because I had two beautiful um, 28-inch HD monitors in front of me, but that seam even though it kind of blended away in, in life, it was always in the middle. And yeah, that's great that I can see the middle of my, but it it kind (laughs) of, I was always off to a side somewhere and your body just kind of forces that way. Whereas now I can do, I mean, not that I put Excel spreadsheets, but I can have pretty big Excel spreadsheets going on here, which is kind of fun. (laughs) Are there any, you know, life hacks that people could implement right now without needing specialized equipment?
1: Yeah. The biggest life hack is to move. You need to consistently move. I think the biggest issue that a lot of people have in offices or whatever type of work they're doing is they stay in a static posture. They don't take micro breaks, which are really just as simple as, you know, those five to 10 seconds away. Stand up, sit down. All of those things can be done without additional equipment.
0: Yeah, no, I think we're all I mean. I'm guilty of it for sure. I mean, even though my watch tells me to stand, everyone's, I, I should listen to it because it's a good reminder there. And that and drinking water, I think, is not really ergonomic related, <laughs> but I think it's an important, it's important. key. So it, let's look to the future for a second. If you could design, and because you work at a company that obviously does design some great products, if you could design a product for, imagine whether it's a fictional or even a real futuristic workspace, what would it be and how would it work?
1: That's a great question. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of different ways that we can go when we do talk about it. How much more can you design a mouse or a keyboard for the future? So I think from an ergonomic perspective, it's going to be taking the stress out of it. So could I think, could I have chat GPT in my head or a form of it that I'm thinking an answer and ChatGPT GPT would type the answer for me to not have to utilize my hands as much, or is there different Mm. ways that we could go through that where it's very minimal touch or maybe it's touching in a different way um, and having something truly be comfortable where you can be in a relaxed posture, but still be productive at your office. So we still have stress in our bodies in the way that we work. We still have to figure out that way to be productive in a neutral posture. Um, So I think that's probably a very futuristic goal right now but maybe it's not that far off either
0: is a you know is, are there any any myths that you could think of that people believe that common myths that aren't are actually true and they think oh this my son is great for this my son is you know he's 13 years old and every everything that comes out of his mouth is, is a grand proclamation about something he in his mind is categorically true which rarely is and and we try we, we try we try to knock him down a little you know a little easily and not make it get to his ego too much but we're like zach where, where does this information come from and then you realize it's just from his own head so are there any myths out there the uh, people that are categorically believing categorically believe in that just aren't true comes to her go
1: uh yeah how many do you want no um i can give you two (laughs) uh first would be that when you are sitting in your desk chair you do not have to sit up straight like you're playing the piano like your mother always told you because that is stressful um and so you do need to be able to lean back into your chair have a supportive chair if you don't putting a lumbar support or something that makes your chair comfortable or using a footrest Um, So supporting your body, you don't have to support your body all day. Let things do the work for you. The other myth also related to probably seating um, is yoga balls or balance balls at the workstation that it's the best ergonomic thing I could ever do. But in reality, it's probably less than 5% of our population that has that core strength to sit properly. Otherwise, we end up hunching over. Um, There are benefits, you know, to use it for exercise at the workstation or a change in posture. But to use it all day, every day for your main chair, I hope you're a bodybuilder if you're doing that.
0: So is, you know, is a standing desk something that is helpful i know that obviously standing in your workspace and changing your position as you talked about is important so are people who believe categorically in standing desks like is that is that necessarily a good thing because our body is now suddenly carrying the weight you know our legs are carrying the weight our knees are carrying the weight all the time if we're standing at our desk let alone people who put you know you know a treadmill underneath there at the same time i can't imagine that's ergonomically good for you in the long term
1: So standing desks are great. All of those things are great. If you use them, um, basically standing desks, I've had people that have had them that never use them or they think they need to stand all day long. And so really the key is that next movement is the best movement. So if you have a timer for a short period of time to sit versus stand to then go to the next movement, same thing with the treadmill, Um, more power to to you if you can be on a meeting and work on a treadmill I mean that's more brain power than I have personally but you know it's for short periods of time or for a specific task and that's when they really are the most useful
0: um you know a lot of offices give people reimbursements and um uh, money to upgrade their home office uh if if I got that check today or you got that check today what would you be buying
1: Um, well, I'll send you my address after you can send it my way, but, um, (laughs) I got a Tim Hortons gift card for you. (laughs) Oh, perfect. Um, that being said, I think it depends on what type of office you're trying to set up. So I think if you're, um, not having a dedicated space, that laptop riser mouse and keyboard that we talked about earlier, That's a super easy win that if you don't have a dedicated space, you can set up in your kitchen or wherever you need to set up. Now, if you do have a dedicated office, I would look more towards that monitor arm and having support built into your chair and having a really comfortable keyboard and mouse that's there. So, you know, the furniture is always an issue with style and that type of thing in our home office. I would really go for the comfort aspect that you really can control with that stipend or that equipment type check that some companies are giving out
0: um to wrap up our conversation here kind of to celebrate the uh, we continue ergo months for the next couple of weeks what do you have on your agenda what what are you trying to make sure people realize what's like at the end, the end of the day what is your goal i know working at kensington you're such a big fan of ergonomics across the board whether it's at kensington or not what is your what's your mission at the end of the day
1: Sure. I think it's really awareness. I mean, really making sure people easily understand small little pieces like a laptop riser, keyboard, mouse, all of those things we talked about today can really make a long lasting difference. And that's really the key of Ergo Month is to raise that awareness. I'm personally celebrating by going to the beach to take a break from work, but (laughs) that's also going to help me, you know, just change my motion and posture and stuff. But really those small little pieces, um, of equipment really can help give you a better work day by the end of the day.
0: Well, so if you're listening to this now at home, I encourage you to obviously follow Lisa, but also go to Kensington.com and you can find out all the cool stuff you can find to enhance your workspace. Lisa, enjoy the beach and please come back and talk to us again.
1: Yeah, thanks Mark. I appreciate it. Your tech report will be right back.